What's up guys? Welcome to Worth the Wait. I am your host, Cookie Miller, and today we have a very, very special guest. My friend and fellow trainer, Ashley Hamilton, is here to chat with us. We have quite an interesting topic. Um, Ashley trains a variety of different clientele. Of course, I will give you guys all the information to follow her because surely after this episode, you are going to want to get in contact with Ashley. So welcome, Ash, to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is your story? Who are you? What is up, girl? Um, Yeah, I would love to hop in. So essentially, I have been in the industry for about 10 years now, a little bit over 10. Um, When I first started, I joined for the wrong reasons. I actually had a pretty bad eating disorder. Um, And so at that point, when I first joined, I really didn't know shit about nutrition. I was just teaching myself how to work out, basically. And it was at the point where I would work out literally like two hours, seven days a week. So naturally, when I was younger, like, yeah, that was working for my metabolism. But eventually you just made my eating disorder worse. Um, And then I started competing, like doing bikini bodybuilding shows. And that honestly, obviously, it made it way worse as well. Because when you're doing those shows and prepping, you're, you're so restricted. I'm talking about egg whites, oatmeal for breakfast, fish and rice, and then chicken and rice, and then broccoli, and that's like all you eat all day for like six months. So naturally, wow. I just made it way worse. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I ended up rebounding after one of my shows pretty badly. I gained 35 pounds in like two months. So Whoa. yeah, it was it was pretty bad. So try to imagine like another 35 pounds on my frame with less muscle. It just it was disgusting. So. At that point, I started to become much more aware of like food, um, worked on getting my nutrition certification for me, but also because I wanted to help other clients because in my brain, I was like, well, if I'm struggling with this and I consider myself to be a fitness person, I know there's got to be a ton of people struggling with this as well. So that kind of is what got me into the nutrition aspect. Um, And then naturally, it was just like a a whirlwind after that. I just kept going, kept diving into it deeper. Um, I started training in person. That's how I started. And that was, I mean, it was fun, but honestly, my first job was at Planet Fitness. So it wasn't like the best environment. <laughs> I I can't even say I learned a shit ton. I really didn't. It wasn't until I started training at my first like real personal training gym, like a, a studio, like, you know, yeah. not one of the big chains. Um, that taught me a lot. Now that taught me how to grind. It taught me how to sell. It taught me how to communicate properly. It taught me a lot. Seriously, I was with that. I was with that company for about four years until I got my own gym and honestly that's where I learned the most um because when you're in a gym like that it's really just you got to grind out for your clients like no one's handing you clients so you got to go find them that was the hardest part for me um let's see did another show and then I ended up getting my own gym because in my brain that was the next step I was like well I'm a trainer I gotta get my own gym yeah that was just a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) that was ridiculous um and then COVID hit. We love that. But for me, honestly, I think it was a blessing in disguise. So in March of 2020 in Michigan, all gyms were required to shut down. So it kind of just forced me to say, dude, what the hell am I doing with my life? Because if I have to show up at a brick and mortar place, the economy can always affect that. Like I need to pivot. Um, And so I had actually started doing quote unquote online nutrition coaching in January of 2019, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So it was just kind of like very rough but when yeah. COVID hit I was just like I was forced to like okay we got to make this shit work right and so I did I hired a mentor um it was a different mentor but I hired a mentor and in about three months I was like full-time online but wow plot twist we ended up having to go back to the gyms and I was like man I still got a whole gym what am I gonna do and I was like you know what I'm gonna close the gym down 
And so that's what I did. Um, that was also a nightmare. But <laughs> basically, <laughs> October of 2020, I was officially full time online and I had no wow. ties to any in-person gyms anymore. And we've just been sailing ever since. Wow. You know, it's yeah. super interesting, Ash, because a couple weeks ago we did a podcast all about online training versus in-person training. So oh, it's nice. so interesting to hear about you having actually owned a gym um, and then now training online. Can you just quickly tell us which one you prefer for yourself and for clients and why? Yeah, for sure. So. I, I honestly, I feel like it's a no-brainer. It's 2022 at this point. Online is going to be the way to go for both people, entrepreneur and client. Um, for clients specifically, because one, you're it's a lot cheaper, and you're getting more. Like you're getting nutrition. You're basically getting mindset coaching and like a part-time therapist. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. <laughs> exactly. Um, and all of your stuff is tailored to you. You have access to that person. And the price range it varies from like four to like what six hundred a month or something yep. and then you have in-person training worth like a hundred dollars an hour and i'm only gonna talk to you three hours a week and see you later send you on your merry way so it's just exactly not beneficial for either party to do in-person training yeah yeah i'm glad that you you pretty much hit it dead on exactly what we were talking about um as far as there just being so many more benefits to training online and it's not just like a thing where it's beneficial for the coach it's so beneficial for the client yep. um because in-person trainers are busy as hell and they yeah. just don't have the time <laughs> right. to sit with you and really figure things out. So we're going to pivot now because we are going to talk about what this podcast is really about today. We are talking about black women in fitness. Yes. Obviously, we are both black women in fitness. Ashley has a little bit of a different background than me. So why don't you tell us what your background is and then also what your experience has been as a black woman in this industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, so off rip, if we were just asking like a random person on the, on the road, I am technically mixed. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lot of shit, but I was raised by a black woman at the end of the day. So yes, I had my grandparents who are white, but Day in and day out, I was raised by a black mom from the east side. Don't try her to this day. You should not try Sandy Hamilton. <laughs> so I fully experienced, you know, growing up as a black woman. So, um, and then like, as far as my experience as a black woman in the fitness industry, man, to, to say that I've made it as a multi-ethnic, you know, woman in this fitness industry, it's, it's a huge accomplishment if you think about it. Like for the both of us to even say that. Yeah. Um, Cause first off, we're women. Off rip, we're at a disadvantage. Um, like, and then also just 10 years ago, it was a joke for a female to try and build her own fitness business. It literally just now is becoming an accepted and pushed thing. But like literally just 10 years ago, I believe Erin was saying that too at the event. Yeah. Like, people were like trashing her and she's a white woman. Like, yeah. so it's really fucking hard for us to try and do our thing and thrive. And all we're trying to do is just help people. But it's, it's been a game changer as far as like the last 10 years and how it's grown. But when when i first started out like i said it was really hard it's always been a male dominant industry you know yeah. and then on top of that to be a woman of color in the fitness industry is a whole new level you yeah. literally are working twice as hard as the men to get maybe half of the clients yeah so that's a that's a nightmare in and of itself especially as like an in-person trainer i sw i was busting my ass on the daily so i'd say the online space is a little bit more forgiving i just feel like in general like the interweb world is people are just a little bit more open-minded yeah you know what i mean yeah so. for sure 
And I think also, I mean, well, obviously the clientele reach is just so much bigger. Yes. So you can actually get to those people who are open to doing coaching online. You can get to people who are sad to say this, but open to working with a black woman. Yep. Um, yep. Because otherwise it, it's so tough. I had the, the same experience training in person. I also did corporate wellness mm-hmm. and wow, that was like, a, ooh, that was, that was I different. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that was different because, you know, you're walking into these corporate buildings and I'm talking, I'm in Houston. So these are big oil and gas companies that I was working for at the time. Mm-hmm. And they offer their employees these training programs. And that's how I was a trainer there. But the looks that I would get, because there's just like, I mean, yep. everybody's like a older middle-aged white guy yep. <laughs> in yep. a suit. And I'm pulling up with my backpack with like yep. my, you know, Gymshark on or whatever, yep. a little bit of Lulu. And they're just like, who's this girl? Uh-huh. And you know, I got to the point where I was like, cause for a long time, you almost have to really adapt to the way that everything else is. Yes. So this is where you get the whole talking white thing and all that yep. kind of stuff. And yep. I did that for a while. Like I was like, I would kind of like change my tone and stuff. But once I got into corporate wellness, I'd already been training for maybe three or four years and I was tired of that shit. Yeah. So I showed yeah. up to that, pl- like I would show up with my braid, show up with, yes. change my wig the next day, <laughs> ask as many questions as you want, you know, whatever. And just show up just being myself because I was, I was so over it, but it was mm-hmm. still super tough. Um, it was a constant fight between me and the other trainers. Yes. I was, I might have been one of maybe two wow. uh, black trainers that were there. And of course, wow. all management is also white. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a fight, like it was a push to get to get clients um, because of who I was fighting against. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, um, it's been wild. Yeah. So, so thinking about clients and specifically thinking about black clients, has it been difficult for you to find or work with black clients? And if so, what do you think makes it difficult? Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> for me, it's damn near impossible. Uh, <laughs> I really just, for some reason, I mean, I think I know why, but I don't attract a lot of women of color as far as clientele. However, I did just onboard one yesterday. Shout out to her. Yay! I think she's going to kill it. Yes. yes. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> Super excited for her journey. But honestly, online, it's extremely rare for me. I I really do think it's a little harder for me. This is my opinion. I think it's a little bit harder for me to seem relatable to either race, black or white, because if the if the general knowledge person looked at me, they'd be like, what the hell is she? Or she's mixed. You know what I mean? Typically, that's how it goes. So to black women, I don't seem black enough to white women. I don't seem white enough. So it can be hard for me to kind of relate. Mind you, you know me, I'm fully myself, I'm authentic, I don't give a shit what you think about me, but (laughs) it's still like that middle, that middle road that still can be a little bit hard for me to overcome. Um, But, you know, I'm just trying to network and meet different women, and if it happens, it happens. Um, So, I think it's a very common theme, like I said, for me, this is when I was growing up, that same, the same theme happened, it was like, the black girls were like, you a white girl white girls be like you a black girl and i'm just like yeah um i'm still a human i like you both right <laughs> so, for me personally it's been a little bit harder to like really relate with black women or just straight white women honestly like most of my roster i'd say 70 percent of my roster is probably like all middle eastern 
Um, oh wow! Which, exactly. I was expecting that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but honestly, I so I'm from Michigan, and Michigan is heavily based as far as Middle Eastern women. So Lebanese, Chaldean, Syrian, Iraqi, whatever you name it. But that's just because their family kind of you know. Um, they came to Michigan because I think they crossed like the Canadian border. Mm. And so Michigan is very heavily based with Middle Eastern people. Now, that's great because usually they come from family money and they can afford it. But still, I didn't grow up Middle Eastern, you know, so it's right. hard to relate to them as well. It's just I've been working with them for so many years. So I understand. But relating is a totally different story. Yeah. So it's been kind of all over the place for me. But thankfully, I, I know how to pivot um, as far as like conversation and people. And like you said, how we used to do the whole, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to talk white. I'm going to sound like I fit in or I'm going to talk mm-hmm. black because I can be comfortable. I can say I just recently stopped doing that. Just yeah. recently. Yeah. And it's it was hard, but it's like, well, and it kind of naturally happened. That's the thing. Like, I didn't try. It just happened. Like, I'm in a group of white people. I'm like, yes, girl, totally, whatever. And then I went black. I'm like, yeah, girl, no, that's right. And you can't help it. <laughs> it just comes out. So, yeah. I At some point, you point. can't hold it back. You, you know, can't. like you're you like, can't. I gotta be myself. And I think with I age to. too, like oh, yeah. just you know, getting older, you get over a lot of different shit. And like mm-hmm. having worked in corporate for so long, it's like I'm over this shit. If I yes. have to say another, like I have to just be me. <laughs> I have to just be me. So I'm so glad to hear that you have your first black client, girl. I know. That makes me so happy. Listen, if you guys are listening, okay, and listen, my audience already knows that we're black girl magic POC Mm -hmm. over here. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're listening, you're like, you know, Ash would make a great trainer for me. Hit her up. Please hit her up because we got to get her some more black (laughs) clients, okay? I'm trying. Um, so tell me then, as far as it goes with like trying to get black clients, what are some of the typical objections that you get? Uh, okay, yeah. So just to backtrack a little bit, like for me in general, I think all of us, but for me in general, as far as like, why is it difficult to find these women of color or work with them? Um, I think honestly, it comes down to black people. Let's just say black people in general, because men as well, but men think they, you know, they know everything. Um, but, but people of color in general, I just think it's because we were raised having little to no knowledge around how to take care of ourselves properly. And then also with a mix of not knowing that we should and need to really invest in ourselves. Like we are the best investment we can make. It's not, you know, fucking stocks or Bitcoin. Like, no, it's you, it's your brain and your body. And we weren't ever taught that growing up. So obviously if you pitch someone a price, they're going to be like, why would I pay that? Because they don't, <laughs> they don't know any better. We, we yeah. haven't been taught differently. I can say it's getting better now, right? Like, I think it's more common. But like, unless you are a higher six-figure salary or a white-collar job as a person of color, let's be honest, you're going to look at that price and be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So for me, for me personally, I'd say like if I've talked to any like maybe associates or family friends in the past that asked about my coaching, the biggest objections I've always gotten have been, wow, that's too expensive. Yeah. Or I can't eat what? Or I don't think I can do that. And then again, that's too expensive. Like those are typically all I ever get when it comes to like objections. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you when I like back when I was doing the corporate wellness and really most of my coaching career up until here recently, I didn't work with black clients. Really? 
I didn't have hardly any black clients. Most of my clients were white. Mm -hmm. So most of my clients were white. I had, I actually had like a few guys as well that I've worked yeah. with over the years. Um, I think it's just because of, you know, being in that corporate space too, you know, pulling a lot of clients mm -hmm. from there. Um, which is a whole other discussion because there aren't a lot of us in these, like you said, high earning positions in corporate. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, I did that for a while and actually in my mentality back then, because I would get so many objections about price, I was like, I'm so over this. Like I would have um, non-POC people come to me and I tell them what the price was, you know, back then you're selling sessions. So I'd have these yeah. 10 session packages and 20 session packages and they'd write me a check for the whole thing. And I was yep. like, Oh, exactly. You know, like, oh, shit, <laughs> you know, hold up. Maybe I just need to focus here because yeah. I needed to make money, you know, right. and even though I desired to work with people of color, people of color either could not afford it or did not see the value in it exactly to pay for it. So it wasn't until here recently, like where I just completely switched everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm only working with women of color. And that was scary for me because of the experience that I had had before. Yep. Um, but I'm happy now because it seems like I've found like that lane of just like professional women of color exactly. who are able to afford it, who do know the power of investing in themselves and have probably invested in themselves um, as it relates to work so they can understand right. why yep. it's important to invest in their in their bodies. You know. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And honestly, that's that's the type of woman that I signed up yesterday. She has like a higher white collar job. Like she's used to spending money. Like she'll spend 10K in a weekend for a work trip. Like she gets it. So it's like women like that are amazing to work with. Would love to have more like women of color that understand that. But I mean, if we're being totally honest, that's a that's a very small percentage of the world and even the country. And even that subject, is something that was pressed upon people of color you know what i mean for centuries that comes from systemic racism but that's a whole other yeah. conversation people aren't ready to have so <laughs> <laughs> they need to be ready i feel like after 2020 and that whole i agree know, yeah it's like at some point we got to be ready to have this conversation mm -hmm. and and that truly is what it is you know yep, like we haven't been granted the opportunities I had no idea about investing in myself or anything. I would have been still struggling in corporate yep. if same. I hadn't invested. We both invested in the same yep. coaching program. So that's how yep. we met. And if we hadn't let go of that money that we were holding on to so tightly, yep. we wouldn't have been able to elevate our businesses to where they are and learn techniques to help our clients even better. So exactly. there's definitely 100%. a lesson there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's switch a little bit because we're going to talk about some some real deal stuff yes. okay working out as a black woman is different yes <laughs> 100%. it's different okay we gotta worry about our hair Man. it's a thing it's a thing it's it really a thing is. so tell me about your hair workout struggles what does that look Ugh. like for you well, for me, um, personally, I'd say it started pretty young because <clears throat> so obviously I grew up with like mixed hair. My mom didn't know how to take care of my hair. She's like, what the hell is this? You know? So naturally, what did she do? There was some perms in it. And eventually it broke my hair all the way off. I'm talking like maybe it came to the bottom of my earlobe. It all fell out. So oh my God. yeah, it was bad. So I think when I turned about 14, I was like, this isn't right. Like my hair used to be touching my, my ass. So 
that's when I started like my natural health journey. So like, no more heat, no more chemicals. So you can imagine at that point with really messed up hair, I was like, oh, we can't just work out all willy nilly. This is not going to work. <laughs> it's like you had to either have on a hat or you had to put it, you had to like put it, style it into a bun or a ponytail and even that looked half ass. And it's like, we can't just go to the gym and take our beautiful straight long hair and right. throw it into a bun and be good to go. We don't wash our hair three times a week. Like that doesn't exactly. work for us. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was a struggle. Now I'm to the point where my, my curl pattern has come back beautifully and like, I just work out like this, like I don't care. Um, but most women will say like, I can't do that. Like I have to either tie my hair up, wrap it up. Some I've seen women work out in their scarves, in bonnets because that's what works best. So some people yeah. will look at that and say, Oh, that's ghetto. I was like, no, right. this is how I'm surviving to work out. It's not exactly. ghetto. <laughs> this, is, this is what works for me, you know? And like, I used to work at, um, like I said, that personal training studio and our, our um, clientele was majority Middle Eastern. And so just like very ethnic, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but beautiful, long hair, like yeah. it was straight, but beautiful, thick, whatever. They could do the same thing. Just throw it up into a ponytail, throw it up to a bun. And then I'll have, I think it was my boss at the time. I was like, ah, just throw your hair in a ponytail. I'm like, it doesn't work like that i need you got some you got some gel back there you got some exactly the moisturizer and a brush like i can't just go do that real quick it takes time so it's i think it's super hard to relate to anyone working out when they don't have that that's a very specific problem and it might seem small but it's huge that stops a lot of women from working out they're like i can't go work out i just got my hair done yeah the hell exactly so hot mess it it definitely it will stop a lot of black women from working out um but you know i feel like i knew as far as my own fitness journey i knew when i was really serious when i stopped letting that yes impact me 100%. because when i first started uh trying to lose weight i think i had lost maybe 40 pounds at that point i was killing it i was on a mm-hmm. roll girl i hurt my knee oh, oh no man it was like straight to my heart my yeah. doctor was like look you cannot where you can't run, you can't, um, because at the time I was doing a lot of cardio too, of course. Yeah. Um, you can't do the elliptical, you can't, I couldn't do shit. And I was like, wow. well, what can I do? And he was like, My you voice. can swim. Swim? Yeah, he's like, Who's swimming swim? would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how I looked at him like, to this day. Do you see me? Do you to see this me? Day. Oh my God, listen. <laughs> to Ooh. this day to this day i'll even tell you even my boyfriend doesn't understand like every time we would go to the pool like babe why don't you go underwater why don't you swim with me i was like do you see my hair i'm not i can't just wash this i washed this three days ago i can't get right. my hair wet it's yeah it's a very hard thing to relate to for sure oh my gosh yeah but i mean listen i was so invested like i was so serious i was like okay well then how the hell am i gonna swim what do i need to do and i went i got a swim cap i was like what exactly can i do i sure did and at that time i was going to like commercial gym so i was at 24 hour fitness and i went in there i bought a paddle board thingy and i would do kicks for like an hour before work this was like 4 5 a.m i swear on everything (laughs) i was so dedicated i was like this shit is not stopping oh my god the dedication wow i did i did that for a couple months um until my knee got better and rehabbed it and then you know from that point on the hair excuse was out i was like shit if i can swim at 5 a.m before work exactly you know like i'm gonna figure it out so these days um i'm natural too so my hair is natural i wear it out every now and then Mm -hmm. um but mostly i wear wigs i keep my hair braided underneath um 
I, I've rated myself sometimes, but honestly, what has been great for me is to go to a salon. Like I go to a salon, it saves me time. Yeah. <laughs> I get my hair washed, deep conditioned, get a treatment, and then she just braids it back. And then I can the just pop salon? my wigs on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Can't natural hair, hair salon. Oh shit. <laughs> I forget, where are you? San Diego now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that might be tough. You know, H-Town, <laughs> we got a natural hair salon oh, in every for corner. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, but that that has proven to save me a lot of time, um, especially being a busy entrepreneur. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't have to worry about doing anything with my hair. And then for the wigs, I just switch them up. I got a workout wig. I got a regular <laughs> wig. I got a going out wig. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, it's great. It's great. I love it. But for the women who are listening out there and black women in particular, you know, please don't let something like your hair stop you from doing what is best for your health. Mm -hmm. There are so many hairstyles, especially nowadays that you can do that work really well with working out. Um, I think just being natural in general, you know, hey, don't start a fight because I know there's like a... Okay, Um, I'm not for or against either one. I'm just saying being natural in general, I think has helped a lot. um, Yes. Because my hair is just healthier and I don't really have to deal with too much stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So black hair, I mean, there is such a big difference. I can even remember this story. Um, It actually a couple days ago was like the four year anniversary of when I did the Dr. Oz show. It was such a great experience. It was awesome. Um, But in talking about black hair, there was an issue there. So Mm -hmm. I was, you know, called out like all the other contestants. I think we had two other two white women and a Hispanic guy were competing. Mm -hmm. So we all had like a car service that came to the hotel to get us. For me, I had to be up at like 3 a.m. to to start working on my hair because what they tell you is like, oh, you know, just show up to the show and don't worry about makeup or anything. Like we got you. I was like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I trust you on that. So me, I brought all my makeup with me. Um, I was wearing a wig at that time. And so like I got up that morning, I did my workout first. Talk Mm -hmm. about the struggle of having to work two times harder, 10 times harder than everybody else. Um, So I did all that. I had my wig like pin curled, ready to just take it down. (laughs) And I did my makeup. Um, The producer told me, she's like, maybe you just want to do like your base. And when she said that, I was like, that sounds like you don't have dark enough. Red flag. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, let me just go ahead. So I get downstairs to the car service and the other three contestants come out. And when I tell you, these white girls had just thrown their hair in a bun mm-hmm. it looked like they still had like <laughs> sleep in their eyes yep. <laughs> like just rolled out of bed and I'm sitting there with a full face and everything mm-hmm. so we get to the studio and the lady's like oh my gosh your makeup looks beautiful like oh we don't really have to do anything except add powder the powder that she had <laughs> was so so ashy and so light it would have made me look like I would have been casket ready I was like (laughs) um I have powder you know um and you know the stylists that were there they had no idea how to do my hair no idea how to do my hair luckily there was one girl there I still talk to her to this day her name was Crystal and she actually did have a little experience with wigs so she kind of helped me to pin my hair up and stuff yeah but had I not done all that extra work and gotten up so early you, you know, 
I would have been screwed. So it just goes to show you that a lot of these places don't even have, they don't even have anything to accommodate us. Yep. Yep. you know so have you ever had like an experience like that like with your hair your makeup going into mm -hmm. it girl yes so i one of, i think it was actually my very first photo shoot ever um we were just doing like promotional pictures for the gym i worked at at the time and my boss was like yeah um so we'll have outfits for you to wear um and we'll also have someone to do your makeup and i was like oh that's cool at the time i didn't know shit about makeup now I'm obsessed by all the palettes, all the foundation. But at the time, I didn't know anything about makeup. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And um, and at the time, he was like, okay, but only thing I need you to do is go straighten your hair. And I said, um, why? What's wrong with my curls? And he said, Nothing, nothing's wrong with your curls. I don't have any problems. But it would just look better for the pictures if your hair was straight. And I was so offended, but Ashley back then didn't have any balls yet, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just went, <laughs> I just went, and got my hair straightened. So whatever, I did that. Um, you know, just confused as to why my curls weren't good enough. And then I get to the the gym we were shooting at, and the makeup artist obviously is white. And she's like, "Okay, sweetie, I'm gonna do your makeup now. Just come and sit back here." So long story short, she didn't have any foundation dark enough for me. And mind you, I'm not even very dark. If you but guys are like, watching on YouTube and you see Ashley's <laughs> complexion, like to not have her foundation, I'm like, that's it. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was that. And then like the lip color she had, it just didn't, it did not, you know, the lip tone has to match your skin tone or it yes. looks stupid. So I had on this ridiculous bright ass red. It did not fit my shit, my lips at all. It didn't fit my skin tone. Oh my God. And it, it honestly, it just wasn't the greatest experience, but um, <clears throat> it was like, who would have known? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the makeup artist had no idea and I'm sure right. it wasn't specified. And it was just a really interesting experience for me. So after that photo shoot, I think I got my hair straightened one more time because again, my boss said the same thing you need to get your hair straightened but at that time i had grew a little bit of balls and i was like yeah okay if you pay for it so <laughs> that part for it. i love that <laughs> <laughs> love that but, approach exactly but after that i never straightened my hair again and whenever he asked me i was like well this is what you're getting i don't know what to tell you right um i prefer my curls anyways it's natural this is who i am i'm not going to straighten my hair to appeal to some audience that doesn't even relate to me so never straighten my hair again um and then as far as makeup i just had to learn my own thing um you know learn proper shades and now i can like i can do my whole face now but at the time i had no idea and then looking back at the pictures now i was super pale like usually when you get your face done it's supposed to make you look like you know you contour a little bit you yeah. have darker shades nothing one <laughs> just one flat. shade it was just flat <laughs> as fuck and then way too much highlighter so i looked like casper but oh my god. <laughs> It was it was an interesting experience to say the least yeah listen y'all the struggle is real out here in these fitness streets as mm -hmm. a black woman um you know ashley and i were actually just at a fitness conference um this past weekend and i think we were one wait one two three i think there were four Dude, black women say, out of yeah. 300 people yeah. yes yes literally four i thought there literally was another four. one but she was latino she was not black and first of all one okay i, I i'll i'm lying first i'll say i was a little bit proud because the first conference i ever went to i was the only one there 
Oh shit, you were proud. I was proud. I was proud. <laughs> so when I looked around and I saw a few other black girls, I think I like nudge my cooking. You yeah. Gotta be, you gotta be friends with her. She's got beautiful yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah, we literally did that, y'all. Like it's it's a thing to see like in fact, when I walked in the room, it's there's 300 people. So I walk yeah. in, I'm looking for Ashley. Do you remember what I told you when I got to you? No, I don't remember. I said, I just looked for your hair. <laughs> I, said, I just, I was gonna, I was getting my phone. I was like, let me text her and see where she's at. And then I kind of panned over the room and I was like, I was like well, uh, surely. That's her. <laughs> All I gotta do is find the curly hair, you know, and it's, I don't know how to feel about it. It it sucks. Uh, I want to really see more suck. of us. I yeah. mean, like I said, my my first first business conference was I think at the end of 2019. So I mean, you know, that's almost three years. No, it's not three years. But the point is, it's a little bit of growth for me. Yeah. It's so pathetic that I was excited to see four black women in a room. That's pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping we can like I pray to God this episode like pushes more women like that might be interested in like nutrition or fitness yeah. or health like hey go do the fucking thing like we need more of us we seriously do yeah for sure I I'm glad you said that because that's my hope too is that we start to see more of us in these spaces mm -hmm. and building businesses not more of us struggling I, right. I don't want to exactly. see that but more no. of us like building thriving businesses yeah. and really getting out there and helping people because there is no reason that we should be walking into these rooms and only seeing literally four people that look yeah. like us counting us by the way it was sad <laughs> honestly <laughs> yeah yeah it was super sad and that that is has been my experience for a long time i think it it's kind of similar to what i know about your experience too um, I'm used to being the only black girl in the room and this Always. starts all the way from from the first school I ever went to mm -hmm. you know I went to Catholic school for a while and then I went to what's called a magnet school um, so it's like an advanced academic whatever gotcha. yeah. um, and I grew up in New Orleans and so most of my classmates like how you said in michigan there's like this indian influence in mm -hmm. new orleans it's asian um oh. so like specifically like chinese korean um yeah. in in new orleans so most of my classmates were either white or asian and yeah. i was the only black girl and as i went through school it just kind of kept with that same thing i yep. mean because even if you take like an ap class you tend to be the only Mm -hmm. the only black girl there once i got into corporate again i'm the only black girl there um and i'm tired of it i was on the damn show i was the only black yep. girl there <laughs> there wasn't even somebody to do my makeup and i won the damn competition dude it's so <laughs> sad but I, I had the same experience like i um my grandparents like they paid for my schooling so obviously they were like best education we're throwing you in a catholic school i'm like all right cool whatever but i was always the only black girl in my class and then i think when i when i graduated high school um our class was small i think we had like 100 people in our class i think there was only there was less than 10 black people wow. definitely less there was less than 10 and i was friends with them because obviously we all gravitated towards each other but yeah i think there was maybe seven or eight black people in my graduating class and then i went to college and obviously it was worse but um yeah it's it's scary bad <laughs> it yeah it is and there there is something that needs to be done um i wish i knew exactly what it was but what i know now is to just show up 
you know, yeah. just showing up, just being me, being online, um, doing podcasts like this where mm-hmm. I'm inviting black women to come on and talk about their businesses and yeah. talk about their experience um, so that we can get the word out there. But what we need the listeners to do is mm-hmm. to then support the guests. Always. <laughs> you know, Always. support me, support the guests because it is our desire and our heart to really be an example and to make you guys proud. Like we want to yep. make y'all proud. Um, with that anniversary passing, I have so many people reaching out to me and saying, I remember when this happened, like it was yesterday, or Aww. I voted for you like a hundred times, you know, and that <laughs> makes me feel so happy because yeah. had I been watching the show and I saw a black girl in there, I would have done the same thing. Like, let yep. me go for her. <laughs> yep, 100%. You know, yeah. um, okay. So let's, we're going to switch gears a little bit because within fitness, there are some darker sides of fitness that, that we need to talk about and discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that for the general audience, you guys may not be aware of this or may not fully know this, but within the fitness space, it's, it's pretty well known, although kind of hush hush, we don't really talk about it too much, but there are a lot of eating disorders in the oh, industry. Yeah. Oh, um, and I know, Ash, that you had your own struggle with, with an eating disorder. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how you overcame that struggle? Yeah, for sure. So um, for me personally, and I think as people of color, I, I think this is a very common trend, but people don't really realize it until we're like adults, right? So um, growing up as a, a black woman, you know, we did grow up in, in poverty, you know, for most of my life, we grew up in poverty. So just be just not being able to have enough to eat that alone creates an eating disorder that you are not even aware of. Like your yeah. parents, they're not aware of what they're doing to you. As a kid, you're not aware that that's happening to you. It's just we get what we have. And then on the flip side, there are families uh, <clears throat> with people of color where food is the center of bonding and attention. And it's like yeah. every Sunday or for some other people, maybe several times a week, you're going to someone's house and you're just gorging yourself. And it's like, yeah. the more you eat, the more like, you know, <laughs> the more bonding you do and it's ridiculous, but that's literally how people bond is like shoving food down their throats. Yeah. So it's either you grew up not having enough food or you grew up shoveling food down your throat. Like you can't leave this table until everything on your plate is gone type thing. Right. So both of those things play a huge part in your relationship with food. So for me, it was, the first part um so we grew up we didn't have enough food like most days there's a period of time for most days we'd only eat once a day and wow. if we asked for more food naturally because we're kids we don't know like hey mom i'm hungry we got shunned for it for asking more food because there wasn't any um so that restriction it literally created the worst relationship with food i ever could have possibly had so i think i started binge eating and when i was like man maybe like 12 like wow. I was young, I was young, dude. But I didn't recognize it as a problem until maybe college. I didn't see like, this is yeah. a really bad issue that I have. So it'd be like, for example, in college, I would, for maybe for like three or four days, I would restrict myself completely. I mean, I probably ate chips the whole day <clears throat> and then did that for four days. And then here comes the next three days and I'm like gorging myself with food, anything I can get my hands on. like. 3,000, 4,000 calories a day, just plugging food into my body. And I repeated that cycle for, I, I want to say like all of college. And then wow. I thought that competing was going to fix that when competing just makes it worse. Oh, shit. So, 
So by the time I was like 22, 23, I, I, I swear, I obsessed over food all day long. My relationship with food was so bad to the point where I would literally not even be hungry and I would go out to eat. And wow. I'm literally, that's how I racked up like 35 pounds in a few months. Like I wouldn't be hungry and I would still go out to eat because I had restricted so bad for a good portion of my life. And it, it just took like awareness to know that other people are struggling with this and people just don't talk about it. Yeah. And then furthermore, taking the stigma away from therapy and finally going to therapy. Cause there was, especially that's, in the black community, it's like, yes. why do you need therapy? What's wrong with you? And like yes. a lot a lot so <laughs> that i think that was the big turning point for me is when i finally found a therapist <clears throat> and she um she specialized in like women's issues and the like eating disorders mm-hmm. and that and the combination of i just stopped dieting for like a year that's really what like excelled me forward and now i i have a pretty bomb ass relationship with food it only took like 20 years but whatever <laughs> it only took your whole life exactly <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think my it's funny, our stories are so similar. I think the whole, you know, I grew up poor as well. Um, And same thing with food, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, just never knowing where your next meal is really going to come from sometimes. And then once when we did have food, like, I would I would be the one getting in trouble for eating all the snacks. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. because it was like, shit, I don't know when we're gonna have these again. And I would just yep. like gorge on them. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got to college, they give you this great little thing, this little mm-hmm. card. Oh, so yeah. you can go to the little convenience store around campus. And I was like, I mean, I can actually remember the first day when I just like asked my roommate or somebody, and I'm like, I can just like use this, like what do you mean? Like I can go to the store and use this and there's money on it. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, what? That was the, I didn't gain the freshman 15. I gained like the freshman 50. Like, holy shit. Yeah. It was rough. I was in there every day. Chunky monkey ice cream. (laughs) I'm paying student loans right now for chunky monkey ice cream. On the snacks. (laughs) Was that your, was that your go-to snack? The chunky monkey ice cream? Yeah, that and then like anything chocolate. I'm I'm a sweets person, so mm-hmm. I love sweets. Sometimes I go for the chips and stuff, but mostly it was like sweet stuff. Yeah, for you me know. it was um, hot funyuns and always like some type of like Danish or pastry together every morning before class <laughs> at eight a.m. Never fails. <laughs> the Danish man, that's ooh. I don't think I can touch those. Like I can't oh, even have. Those I can't now. eat them now. No, no. same. I can't. <laughs> It'll send me down like I I can't between that and peanut butter. Uh, Peanut butter was one I couldn't have for a long time. Like, because otherwise I'd sit there and just eat it straight out of the jar. I actually did that the other day and I thought about you, but I was, um, I was just starving. I was like, I need some fat, right? So I don't know why, but I took a spoon and I grabbed the peanut butter jar. Yeah. And 10 minutes went by and I was like, oh shit, I should put this down. let me put this away um that's funny i mean it just goes to show you guys that no matter how advanced you are in your fitness journey like there are still going to be things that you struggle with and i think the sooner that you realize that and let go of the perfectionism associated with the fitness journey Mm -hmm. the better you'll be because you have to start to realize that you're going to make mistakes you're going to fuck up um you might have a little bit too much peanut butter you know yep. one day in a sitting but and it's okay 
you know it's yeah. okay it's the fitness journey is really about how you recover from that you know 100 yep I agree. um but you were talking about like black people and and how we eat and how we mm-hmm. tend to like you know go uh go and like meet with each other to eat and everything is just centered around food yep. and that when i hear people talk about that it always makes me think about soul food yes have you seen the movie (laughs) it's been some years but i have seen it yes okay okay so soul food you know there's the the matriarch of the family who Mm -hmm. every sunday everyone comes over she cooks this big meal that basically is like a thanksgiving dinner but every week and so she does that and she ends up getting diabetes so she gets diabetes the whole family goes to the hospital she has to get her leg amputated and i'm not spoiling this for anybody at this point you should have seen soul food or you get your black card taken away (laughs) yeah don't get your black card taken away okay um and so anyway she passes away the whole family comes over they have the repast and they have the funeral and they make the sunday dinner Mm -hmm. and i just you know looking back on that as an adult i'm like how does this make sense? <laughs> and the and the crazy thing is that we still do this. I've yep. gone to funerals over the last 12 months where we have literally done this. Yep. Family members are passing away from diseases that come directly from your lifestyle and how you mm-hmm. eat. And then we have that same food in celebrating their lives. Yes. How yes. the hell can we get out of this cycle? Like, I don't know what it's going to take. Honestly, I think it starts with our generation because as as millennials i feel like we are in the phase of constant education as much as the stigma wants to go about millennials we're smart as shit and (laughs) we know how to pivot and we know we can sense when something is good for us so i think it's up to us and like educating future generations you know like if we had kids or if we have like nieces and nephews and like so like any young child i come in contact with i'm sorry to the parents i always make a great impression i'm like yeah "Yeah, don't you want to work out so you can be strong and healthy and this broccoli it makes you so strong and healthy and whatever i got to say i don't care because it's like you got to embed it in their brains young because let's be honest that's when most of the trauma happened for us when we were young we were kids so i think it's really up to us honestly yeah for sure i mean my uh we just had Christmas, you know, and mm-hmm. I have two little nephews and I got them a little workout set <laughs> for so Christmas. Cute. It's so cute. It's like the little toddler, you know, kind of workout set. Yeah. So my nephew, you know, he loves it. He'll put the barbell on his back and he's oh. like, look, TT. And he does like little oh, squats, nice. you know. <laughs> so I, I do try to really put that onto him and you know same thing with his food you know he he'll go for a snack he gets little oh, i hate those damn fruit snacks because we all know what they really are right yeah, Just yeah. a bunch of sugar um mm-hmm. but he'll be like i want these you know and i'm like well how about some blueberries let's have blueberries yeah. you know tt will eat blueberries yep. with you and when you make it fun and cool for exactly. them they will want it but if literally. all you give them is the package shit that's all they're gonna want literally you know? dude that's all it takes is just a little nudge so recently actually over the holiday as well i went home to help out a friend um with her daughter she's a single mom and so i was picking her up from school and taking to her activities and stuff and she wanted you know she wanted to snack after school and i was like okay what do you want and she's like well i want uh macaroni and cheese balls or whatever they are i don't know and i was like okay that's cool but um what about some protein as well and she's like well why do i need protein and i was like well it makes you healthy and strong and don't you want to be healthy and strong and she's like oh that's
that sounds good. I'll have yeah. some of that too. And I was like, wow, that was easy. Yeah. So just, just little <laughs> things like that for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's all it takes. A lot of these kids don't know. I grew up not knowing. I, I just had no yep. freaking idea. I didn't know anything about protein or anything until nope. I really got in shit until I became a trainer, to be very exactly. honest with you. Yeah. I think that's when I finally figured out like, oh, I need to be having, you know, like more protein. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that we touched on that because we need that next generation to come up and have yeah. those types of things embedded in them um, and start to learn that like being around family does not have to be associated with food yep. and it doesn't have to be associated with bad food. You right. know, like we can get together and eat something healthy and it's okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was hanging out with one of my friends um, before I came back to San Diego and she was like okay she's also like very health cognizant and she's like okay what if we did like a a taco salad bar and i was like oh yeah perfect and it was delicious i'm like exactly we should do shit like this more often exactly yeah this is why you gotta change your circle guys yeah you know get yourself around some people who are you know they're focused on their health Mm -hmm. i always say like if you're a beginner maybe don't latch on to another beginner i feel like that's a recipe for disaster yeah but if you're a beginner and you can latch on to someone who is a bit more advanced than you and you know go with them hiking or Mm -hmm. go and take a gym class with them those are the types of things that help you to build that community in case you're like where the hell am I going to find exactly. <laughs> you know, someone to do these things? Or especially if you're a beginner, you get yourself in a coaching program like Ashley's or like mine. And these are built in friends, built in yep. communities. And now you can meet people. Ashley trains people all over the world. I train people all over the world. You're sure to find someone close enough to you so that you guys can meet up mm-hmm. and do some healthy shit together. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's all about community more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so glad that you are here. Why don't you tell us where we can find you and how people can sign up for your coaching? Yeah, for sure. So I am mainly on Instagram. That's where I live. It is at lean, L-E-A-N underscore C-U-T-Z underscore fitness. So that's mainly there. And if you guys are interested in any type of coaching, you can just either DM me. I'm, I'm always answering DMs. Either DM me or just apply in my bio. All right. It's as easy as that. And of course, we will also have Ashley's information linked in the show notes in case you guys want to check her out. And this will all be posted on IG as well. So thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Worth the Wait. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys.